Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Happy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week you're listening to this. I hope it is a good one for you. Welcome, those of you here live in Las Vegas, and welcome to those of you listening on our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you didn't know we had a podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, we do. So you should go like and subscribe. We're taking a break from the election this week, even though there is the debate. I don't really, I, I don't really want to talk about the debate because we've talked about debates before. Next week will be my final podcast regarding the election. I'm going to share with you who I'm voting for and why. Some of you may have a pretty good guess as to who I'm voting for, but you may not exactly know the why. So I'll share that with you in next week's podcast and next next week's podcast. I cannot speak today, apparently. And then the following week, we may or may not know who our next president will be. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I personally don't think that we will have a definitive result within a day or two after the election. I mean, Pennsylvania, we saw Supreme, the Supreme Court case. They're going to be allowed to work on their ballots until Friday of election week. That's a perfect example, by the way, of why we need to put ACB on the Supreme Court because the gridlock there, split decision, as Chief Justice Roberts went with those who would have sided with the left or Democrats or however you want to say it in this instance that were rallying for that to happen. And uh, they were successful in that endeavor because of the even split. So uh, imagine if that had been actually the election results and then you have an even split. And then that just takes up a whole nother... We're not even going to talk about that today. I've talked about that before. I don't remember what the podcast was called, but you can go back and you can find out information about all these things. It might be in the episode that I did about the Supreme Court uh, a couple months ago. SCOTUS seat success or failure. It might be in that one. I'm not sure. But anyway, I want to talk about COVID today because everybody's talking about COVID again this week due to the excess deaths. But before I get into COVID, let me just, I'm just going to throw out a little, little nugget here. Some of you are going to pick it up. Some of you are going to be like, huh? And some of you are maybe going to be a little bit outraged. That's okay. But here's just something I, I, I'd i like to share with you. First of all, um, I've, I've said this before many times, but some, some people just don't seem to understand that when you are sharing your opinion on social media you're probably not changing that many minds, if any. Especially if you're sharing that opinion in a bombastic or mm, confrontational kind of way. And I know, you say, well, if I try to share it nicely, then all the other side comes and attacks me for it of my friends. Well, then, you know, try to have a, a pleasant conversation 
Or just comment, you know what, we'll agree to disagree. And then they go at it again and just be like, we agree to disagree. Let them keep talking. Because the more you talk, the more likely you are to say something that you shouldn't say or that is not accurate. So don't make that person you. Don't you be the one that keeps talking. Let, let them talk. And a lot of times when people talk, the more they talk, the more likely you are to get to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is very rarely having much, if anything, to do with what they're ranting and raving about. Also, when the media is behind your movement, this isn't an original thought with me, by the way. I saw it on, the, um, I think, Twitter. Somebody had said something along these lines, and I just keep forgetting to mention it. When the media is behind your movement, you're not the resistance. Let me say that again. When the media is behind your movement, you're not the resistance. If the other side is the one that's always being fact-checked, quote-unquote, maybe, maybe we should wonder why that is. And maybe it's not because they're wrong. Maybe it's because they're more of a resistance than you are. But okay, let's get to the topic at hand. Life! It's about more than avoiding COVID-19. You're like, well, if you don't avoid COVID-19, then you might not have life to live. All right, that's, that's fair. But let's, let's just discuss some things about that premise and COVID-19 in general, shall we? And we'll start here in Nevada with our governor, Steve Sisolak. <laughs> My brother, anytime he says his name, does impressions from the ads that we had running out here in the last gubernatorial election you know the ones where it was like steve sisolak so anytime anytime we talk about he goes steve sisolak anyhow um nevadans have to push past covid fatigue governor sisolak told us on tuesday he said there's an alarming trend in new cases and we need to keep wearing our masks COVID wasn't supposed to last this long. He said, we all feel COVID fatigue and it results in riskier behavior and complacency. We can't let that happen. Unfortunately, this virus doesn't get fatigued. It's alive and well. We can get tired, but the virus isn't tired. And the governor said he hopes he doesn't get to a point where he has to re-implement strict COVID prevention measures. Okay. Guys, we, we never needed to have COVID fatigue. And let me just preface this episode because I know some of you are going to freak out about some of the things that I'm going to say. Some of you are going to wish that I would say them more strongly and some of you are going to be somewhere in the middle. I understand that COVID is real. I n very nearly lost a very dear friend of mine to this pandemic. Okay, 14 days on a ventilator. We were told not going to make it. Okay, I, I get it. I understand that this is real. But I also understand this. God has given you one life and he intends for you to live it. Not recklessly. Yes, you should have an understanding and a compassionate heart, but you need to live your life. Regardless of COVID, regardless of what happens with the elections, regardless of anything else, Live the life that God has given you because a life that isn't lived is not a life at all. 
if you spend all your time and you spend your life avoiding COVID by locking yourself in your house, you're not living. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't be cautious. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do research. I'm not saying that our government shouldn't put forward plans. And I'm not saying that the virus isn't real. But at some point, you've got to come out of your house. You've got to visit your grandparents in the nursing home again. You've got to go to church again. Your kids have to be able to play soccer again. You need to be able to go to Disneyland again. And the... the the California regulations that Newsom just put out are absolutely insane, by the way, but I don't have time to get into that today. But you have, you have to live life. You only get one chance at this. And no, it is not scientific to believe that you are going to die or that you're going to kill someone if you don't wear a mask. I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear a mask if someplace asks you to wear a mask. That's a whole other topic. But look, if the virus can get you while you're walking into the restaurant, but not once you sit down, I question the validity of that science. If a virus can get you when you're sitting on the plane, unless, of course, you're eating or drinking, then I question that science. If the experts and the scientists tell us that a mask isn't actually needed and won't really do anything until it is actually needed, but also, oh, yes, you really need to only have N95s, the cloth ones. Well, they might protect you, but they won't protect the other person. Well, actually, they protect the other people from you spreading it. If you have it, maybe... I question that science. And I don't wear a mask because I think that there's somehow hope that that will save me from the virus. Because the science on the masks, guys, is very sketchy. The same scientists who said masks wouldn't help us, so don't worry about getting those, flipped to tell us that we absolutely must wear a mask. The same scientists who told us we absolutely must shut everything down are now starting to say, you know what, that wasn't maybe actually the best idea. We're supposed to trust the scientists. But scientists are the same people that tell us we evolved from monkeys. Scientists are the one who said the Earth was flat. Scientists told us that Pluto was a planet, for crying out loud, for decades. Science, quote-unquote, is not always right. In fact, you probably don't even know the definition of science. Can you define science? What does the word science mean? What is science? What is science and why should we trust it? Do you know? The word science means knowledge. I don't know if you've noticed lately. You know, it's not like we have a politically charged society or anything. But you can have good people that look at the exact same set of information and draw absolutely opposite conclusions about the information they're looking at. I know, this is mind-blowingly shocking to you. But if science is just knowledge, and then different scientists can look at the same data and come away with opposite conclusions, which one do we trust? For most people, the answer is, well, of course, the one that agrees with me the most. My scientist is right. Your scientist is wrong. Trust the doctors, unless it's your doctor that's saying something different than what this doctor that I agree with is saying. Do you understand the problem? And now, now scientists tell us that for the good of our society, we should avoid visiting our families over the holidays. Just a little bit longer. We just need to all work together a little bit longer. May I argue that since the foundation of a strong society is strong families, and that's historical, by the way, you can go and look at societies and what happens to societies as families crumble, okay? Start with the Roman Empire. That's a great one to try. 
But the foundation of a strong society is strong families. And for the good of your own mental health and that of your potentially aging parents, not to mention your children, please visit your family. Spend time with your family. Tomorrow they could be gone. What is it that you value? What is it that you value? And I know some of you are screeching from your living rooms, but if we get COVID, then we won't have a life to value. You're not living the life that you have. There is more to life than avoiding COVID. Viruses are viral. And by the way, you are at a greater risk of every disease if you have pre-existing conditions, not just COVID. The leading cause of deaths in people ages 1 to 54 is still car accidents. And I would say largely because a lot of you are still texting while you drive. Stop it. We have never shut down our nation or the world like this before. It is absolutely unbelievable, by the way, the amount of government interference we have allowed, no, that we have welcomed into our lives without questioning it. And those who do dare to question are dubbed as crazy or uncaring or unthoughtful, like some of you are doing about me right now. But it's like the, it's like the dog who starts out with a really long chain to his doghouse, and, and week after week, the owner t removes one link from the chain and another link from the chain the next week and another link from the chain the next week, and progressively the chain gets shorter and shorter to where the dog can no longer really go anywhere or do anything, but he doesn't complain because he didn't realize his, his freedom, if you will, was being taken away from him because it was taken away in a process over time. It's okay. It's all good. America, we are like that dog on that chain right now. We are giving away our freedoms one link at a time and failing to realize it, and pretty soon it might be too late. Again, I'm not saying that COVID isn't real. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take precautions, but we need to understand how this disease is working. 42% of all COVID deaths still come from nursing homes. 94% of those who have died with COVID had pre-existing conditions. Andrew Cuomo in August said that 66% of new hospital admissions in New York City were from people who hadn't even left their homes. He said, and I quote, 18% of the people came from nursing homes, less than 1% came from jail or prison, 2% came from the homeless population, 2% from other congregate facilities, but 66% of the people were at home, which is shocking to us. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home. We thought maybe they were taking public transportation. And we've taken special precautions on public transportation. But actually, no. These people were literally at home. 66% of new hospital admissions in August in New York were for p from people that were not leaving their homes. 66%. So in New York, where the pandemic was raging, more people that were hospitalized with COVID had never left their houses than people that were actually living their lives. Did you catch that? More people were hospitalized with COVID that were staying home and, and caring about people and doing the right thing. We're all in this together. Never leave your house. Stay in your bunker. Protect yourself from the COVID. More of those people ended up with COVID than those who were not staying home, not leaving their bunker, and, you know, wanting to destroy society or whatever because they dared to leave the premises. No. 
no, no, stay home and stop the spread. Apparently, they're spread even if you never leave your house. Because viruses are viral, and that's what they do. And then, of course, whatever we do, we simply cannot mention Sweden. Though our very own review journal here in Las Vegas did this week. Sweden, now a coronavirus success story. And some people say, oh, well, New York is a success story because Cuomo did such a great job. No, what happened was so many people were exposed in New York. (laughs) I'm not going to get into that. Okay. This is from the Review Journal here in Las Vegas. Joe Biden has hinted that if elected president, he'd be agreeable to a stringent national lockdown in order to fight the coronavirus. Perhaps he should examine Sweden before further destroying the, um, dot, dot, dot. We hope you appreciate your content. Please subscribe to continue reading this story. So I can't read you the rest of it, but because I've exceeded my weekly limit for (laughs) for review journal uh, pieces. But you can go and read this. Sweden, now a coronavirus success story in our own Las Vegas review journal. Sweden didn't do lockdowns. Sweden is living like Americans once lived, in a state of freedom. People can wear a mask if they want to, but they don't need to. And you know what the numbers are in Sweden? A drop in the bucket of the cases we've had. Sweden has had 110,000 cases of coronavirus. In the U.S., we've had 8.38 million cases of coronavirus. In Sweden, just under 6,000 deaths. In the U.S., the number is is fluctuating now, but I'll put it around like 250,000. The cases, though, that's a big deal. 8.38 million people got coronavirus in the U.S. They're really, they're really really hammering in on how many people have died from coronavirus. But you have you heard that number, the 8.38 million that have had coronavirus? And those are just the ones that we know of. Those are just people that got tested and were confirmed to have it. Now, I think that in Sweden, probably a lot more people had coronavirus than the 109 that, that are showing. I'm guessing that those are just the ones that were tested and confirmed. I'm guessing a lot of people didn't go to get tested because they either never knew they had coronavirus Or it never got bad enough to where they thought they needed to be tested. Because some of you are going to freak out that I say this. But for most younger, healthy people, even older healthy people, the coronavirus is not deadly. And in fact, in many instances, can present itself with flu-like or less than flu-like symptoms. I, I know... I know, it's not the flu. However, for many, if not most healthy people, the symptoms are at or less than flu-like. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay the virus. I get that it is dangerous. I have a friend that nearly died. One of my very close friends. I had to quarantine because the very close friend was staying at my house days before he was hospitalized and on a ventilator with coronavirus. Okay, I, I understand this. But what I think we are not willing to acknowledge as a society is that maybe we've made a mistake. And I think that Sweden is proving to the world that perhaps we have made a mistake. And you say, well, 
but their population is younger and has fewer pre-existing conditions than, than we do in the U.S. Okay, I, I give you that. So let's look at the statistics overall. We can compare their numbers to similar European nations, and they still come out leap years ahead. No masks, no lockdowns, no restrictions. They are living their lives. Could it be herd immunity? Oh no. Oh no, that's not the scientist that we like. That's not the scientist we agree with, so we can't talk about the possibility of herd immunity or the fact that young people... <sighs> okay. I... Again, I ask you, which science do we believe? It was two weeks to, sp to, to stop the spread. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Then it was two months. Now six months. Maybe more, depending on which calculator you're using and what state you live in. So, I just, I want you to answer a question. This question, it's important, okay? This question, I think, helps to bring things into perspective, and it's not one that most people have asked themselves. And it's not one that we as a nation have asked collectively, but we need to. And that is, how long is long enough? One year? Two years? Five years? How long are you, or are we as a nation, willing to quote-unquote live like this? And sure, yes, again, stay home when you're sick. I stay home when I'm sick. I wear a mask around the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions, or quite frankly, anyone who feels uncomfortable if I'm not wearing a mask, okay? I don't necessarily have a problem with the masks. I don't think they do all that much, and I know, I know, horrifying that I would say such a thing. But unless I'm sneezing in your face, it might not be, you know, that deadly to be around me without a mask. I'm just saying. Especially since you can apparently get the coronavirus without ever leaving your house. And yes, if you have pre-existing conditions, you should be careful. But when does careful become too much? Statistics are showing now that the prevention in many cases is becoming worse than the disease itself. It's like those ridiculous drug ads you see on TV. We will take away your runny nose. Possible side effects are stroke, blindness, and death. And you're like, wait, what? I'll just have the runny nose. Thank you very much. Coronavirus is making Americans fatter, poorer, more depressed, and more addicted to substances than we were before. And our kids are suffering, not from the virus, but from lockdowns. They're gaining weight. They're falling behind in school. Uh, su child suicide rates were their highest ever in this country last year. What do you think they will look like this year? Not to mention, we have kids who were not at risk of the virus because they didn't have pre-existing conditions prior to the shutdown, who now are at risk of the virus because of pre-existing conditions they developed during the lockdown, like obesity, which is putting them at risk for other health issues like childhood diabetes. Do you see the problem? Saying, well, you can't prove any of that. Well, just this week, we saw now the excess death count has come out. 300,000 plus or minus, depending on who you're reading, uh, excess deaths this year. The CDC is saying that two-thirds of them uh, can be related to or traced to coronavirus. They may or may not have died from coronavirus. Coronavirus may have uh, impacted the pre-existing conditions. But two-thirds had coronavirus one way or another. But the excess death rate amongst 25 to 44 year olds is up 26.5%. Largest change for any group. And I've seen this spun by some on the national media that are like, oh, see how coronavirus is affecting this age group. 
look at these. No I'm like, no, they said that two-thirds, that's 66%, two-thirds had coronavirus as, as, a, as a condition or listed on the death certificate in the excess deaths. 26% would be outside of that two-thirds number. That's like a quarter. I don't know if you know how percents work but uh, or fractions. But that, that does not equate. Those are not the same numbers. Sure, could some of these uh, individuals have been in that number? Yes. But it is more than likely, if you are looking at these statistics and you're looking at what else is being found as a result of this virus, depression, substance abuse and addiction, obesity, The largest percentage increase in excess death is happening amongst people that are not in the high-risk category. That seems to be a dead giveaway that the bulk of excess deaths in this category are not from the virus, but from our reaction to the virus. And by the way, we haven't even begun to talk about the economic impact of the lockdowns, which are astronomical, and by the way, faults of state governors, but I don't have time for that right now, and no, Donald Trump did not tank the, 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 the economy, coronavirus did. You say, well, if he had handled it better, it wouldn't have happened. No. <laughs> if you had lockdowns, and lockdowns were the only solution, then this is what happens. And you say, well, is all right, well, point me to another country that did a better job than Donald Trump, and let's compare the two and see how if he had done things more like them, them then we would be fine. The only one you can find is Sweden, and they didn't do lockdowns. And nobody was going to be okay with not doing lockdowns. You know that. Admit it. Then you have the possibility of the vaccine. And leftists, who generally make fun of anti-vaxxers, are now, like Como, saying they're very wary of the vaccine. Seriously? Come on, man. If Joe Biden wins, will you still be wary of the vaccine, Governor Cuomo? Or will it become a miracle drug then? And if it works as well as the flu vaccine, are, are we then allowed to come out of our houses? Do we stop wearing masks then? Are we going to force everyone in America to take uh, this vaccine? Even though you currently think it's, it's a horrible thing. I mean, what magic potion is going to mis miraculously change the bad vaccine into a good vaccine? The vaccine is a good thing until it isn't, and you're going to be like, oh, well, it's a different vaccine now than it was a month ago when I said I hated it because now Joe Biden is the president. Hmm. I see. And by the way, if you haven't said anything about protests being super spreader events, but you're convinced that Trump still shouldn't be holding rallies, then that's a problem. If you've posted on your Facebook page about Trump's last rally being so very bad because COVID and he's heartless and doesn't care about anyone, but you didn't say anything about the Women's March, okay, that's just a little inconsistent. The opposite is also true, by the way. If you talk about the Women's March being a super spreader event but not Trump events, that's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Everybody's being ridiculous. Huh. It is so 2020 America to be like, my side is always right and does nothing wrong and is completely unbiased and factual and your side does everything wrong and is completely biased and unfactual that's just like the worst take in the world you guys but this is not the point i need to wrap this up so here's what i want you to understand i want you to understand that there is more to life than avoiding coronavirus sooner or later you're probably going to be exposed if you haven't been already
This is just the way that viruses work. And I'm not saying to be foolish, but I am asking you to stop living in a perpetual state of fear. And I want to finish with this. Uh, a friend of mine shared some thoughts um, on, on Facebook, and I'm stealing them and adapting them a little bit because they were just, they were so good. And I'm not going to point out his name because I don't want, s I, I know how some of you can be, and you will go and, and try to find this person. And oh, Okay. But uh, so I'm I'm adapting it too, so that it's not as easy to trace. Ha ha. <laughs> well, they're just such good. I read this and I was like, thank you. This is so good. This is what we need to think about now. And he said this. He said, please don't look back five years from now and have to admit that you spent an entire year of your life wearing a mask, cooped up in your house, and avoiding all the people you love. A year in your life that you will never get back. And let me say this, I'm not saying this virus isn't real, or that there aren't people that could really be affected. If you're at risk, take precautions, absolutely. But every single day is a risk. The car accident, the flu, our days were numbered before this, and that has not changed. But we should not be forced to live in fear. We went from being a free nation to being told we couldn't go to school, couldn't go to church, couldn't go to our grandma's house, couldn't pay respect to a loved one through a funeral. And when we were allowed to do these things, we were told how long we could be there, how far we, apart we had to be, and what we had to wear. Yes, our health matters. But you know what else matters? Family, friends, church, school dances, football games, county fairs, family vacations, neighborhood barbecues, life. One day, you'll hug your grandma, mom, dad, brother for the last time. One day, your best friend will cry on your shoulder for the last time. One day, your son will play his last football game. One day, your daughter will wear her last prom dress. One day, they'll have their last day of school. One day, you'll spend your last day laughing with your mama. And one day, you'll dance your last dance. Don't waste the days you have by living in fear. Your time here on earth matters, and God didn't put us here to be afraid of everything he's blessed us with. So live your life while you have the chance. God is going to call you home when it's your time, virus or no virus. God gave you one life. Live it. That's all the time we have left for today. Thanks for being with us. Next week we will get back to... The election. We'll talk about how the latest polls are looking, who I'm voting for, and more. Hope you'll like, subscribe, share the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud with your friends, family, neighbors, your favorite people on social media, or however else you like to share things. And we will see you next week.